what is going on, dads? Welcome to the Dad Life Podcast. I'm Isaac, your host. Uh, we are just a group of dads uh, seeking wisdom together uh, from dads around the world. And so I've really enjoyed bringing you these conversations. Uh, and if you have enjoyed them, also leave a comment or a like or a rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. That would help me out a bunch. And I want to let you know about the upcoming Fatherhood Primer course. It's a four-week course. The next cohort is starting in October, on October 1st. So if you wanna jump into that, it is a four-week course. Every week covers a different topic of fatherhood, manhood, marriage, uh, parenting, discipline, all sorts of different things. And there is a weekly live Q&A with me, uh, a group connection aspect to it, so you can connect with other dads, uh, homework, uh, outside resources to help you take your fatherhood to the next level. So if you're interested in that, you can Click one of the links below to to learn more about that. Uh, But without further ado, let's hop into this conversation with Nate. Nate is a father of six. Uh, He's got one off in college. He's got one that he's just bringing into the world now. Uh, He has a wide range of wisdom for us to learn from. Uh, It talks about disciplining children, different mindsets that fathers can have so that we can stay cool in our um, connection with our children. So let's hop into the conversation. All right, I'm here with Nate from Dads Don't Babysit. I love that name. (laughs) Um, Can you give us just a background of who you are and what you do and where you are in the world? Yeah. So I am father of five uh, with one on the way. So we're going to go for a half a dozen. Nice work. It's funny because it does actually feel like being pregnant now, we're like, yeah, this feels like the last one. This feels like a good, <laughs> a good time. Like a nice bow ties it right up. Feels good. So that's awesome. Yeah. Good even number. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's funny because my wife does not like even numbers. So I thought, you know, we'd be good no. if we could do maybe twins. That'd be great. Let's just do twins. Yeah. And get a do seven. seven and it'd be fine. But seriously, that like, the step from one baby to twins would mean new car. Uh, within yeah. the next couple of years, we'd have to move because we wouldn't have space. So yeah. when we heard the ultrasound this couple of weeks ago, and it was one heartbeat, it was like, okay, there you go. we're good. <laughs> we, we're can, good. we can handle yeah, this. That's right. Like my older two, my oldest is in college, and then my second oldest is old enough to drive. So it's okay. one of those things where we can fit everybody or we can drive some separate cars. And yeah. If we, if we do something big like go to Florida to visit family, uh, we can rent a van. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Did you uh, always plan on having a big family, or did that just happen? You know, it's kind of funny. I actually used to say I wanted twelve. I had no idea really the insanity <laughs> of that, and that still sounds crazy to me. But um, I used to say I wanted twelve. Um, really? Did yeah. you grow up in a big family? I didn't actually, uh, it was no. just me and my brother growing up. Okay. And, uh, but my dad was from seven. And so okay. when we would go, like when we would go to like Christmas or whatever to go visit family, it was a lot of times yeah. it was everybody. And so the pandemonium that would ensue and you'd get there. I loved that, man. I totally loved yeah. it. And it's funny now because, um, I used to like love the crowds and want to be close to the city and all of that stuff. And yeah. now I'm like, give me a hundred acres away from everyone <laughs> and I'll be happy. Right. And so I feel like now it's really, I've just brought it all the way down to, I like being around my family. Yeah. <laughs> I I like the people that I create. Yeah. Right. Those ones are great. <laughs> That's awesome. How many do you have? Uh, we just had our fourth. So 
uh was it august 19th so well, awesome. he's like three weeks old almost. Yeah. yeah oh that's awesome yeah. actually that's uh that's my number three was born on august 19th so, really yeah he turned eight nice yeah how old are all your kids so 19 uh she'll be 17 she's already like saying she's 17 but uh she'll be 17 <laughs> in october slow um, down yeah. yeah right i'm like pump the brakes there hardcore well she'll do that and then i go yeah and one more year you graduate and you're out of the house and she'll be like yeah don't say that kind of <laughs> stuff. right so That's 19 awesome. almost 17 and then eight seven and three Cool. And then yeah, number six will be awesome. here in like February, March ish. Yeah. How's the uh transition from like four to five and then five to six? Like when does it start to just get easier <laughs> as you add to the gang? Uh everybody says it does. Like once you start playing zone defense, it's yeah, it's just zone defense, right? You're already overwhelmed. Exactly. It doesn't matter how many. Yeah. So you know, like you hit three and you're like, ah, hey, let's do another one. What's the matter? Yeah, but um, we have because we have the two olders, we kind of get a little bit of help from them here and there. Yeah, and so uh, I don't know. It doesn't. It just. I mean, it's just life, right? So you just do it. Yeah, and I kind of feel like that's what happens. It just. Yeah, yeah. You just you rise to the occasion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the truth is, like, I mean, they're all so different that it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. It's just it's pandemonium all the time. <laughs> Seriously. You know, yeah. I, I'll, people come in and I'll be like, welcome to the circus. And I've got my youngest doesn't wear clothes. I mean, no joke yesterday. Yeah. I, she's like, dad, I want to go outside. And I'm like, you have no clothes on. Go. Like, you're yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't go out front. She said, like, well, come with me. Literally talks me into coming outside and sitting on the front porch for a few minutes. She's totally naked, waving to her neighbors. <laughs> like, oh, man, whatever. It's totally fine. Yeah, we gave up with shoes a while ago. Yeah. Like, we're all just leaving the house. No one had shoes. Like, this is this is just what we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> to go find the shoes and make everyone wear them, yeah. it's just not worth it. It's totally so. true. It's totally true. And it turns out it's good to be barefoot. Yeah. I'd like, you know, yeah, no <laughs> all these Instagram things are like, don't wear shoes. I'm like, all right, good. It, we're already doing it. That's right. There's grounding yeah. when you're outside. Yeah. There's, you know, we're just getting grounded. Yeah, we're right. ahead of the... Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. How did you get started with Dads Don't Babysit? Yeah. So that idea actually came from uh, a guy who he had his firstborn. I think he's on baby three now. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I think they just had their their third little one. But uh, when he had his first, we were on a conversation and there was like a conference call that we were going to have. And he said, hey, man, I'm on the, like, walking treadmill with my, like, I'm babysitting the newbie. Yeah. And uh, he's like, so if you hear a little one. And for me, I'm like, hey, I'm a dad. I don't care. Like, I used to really, when I was, like, a real traditional parent, I used to hate yeah. being interrupted by the kiddos. And now I'm kind of like, you're going to see a kid, like, like, pop into a screen here. Or there. <laughs> like, and I don't even care. I, I, I did a, I did a, I did some stuff with a, with my, my job holding a sleeping child the other day. And they're like, oh, nice. what's going on? And I'm like, she fell asleep. I pulled her out of the car and we had this meeting. So here I am. <laughs> this, well, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. But anyway, so he said, uh, hey, man, I'm, I just want to let you know, if you hear a baby, I'm, I'm, I'm babysitting. And I was like, all right, hold up right there. You're a dad. So you, you yeah. dads don't babysit. You're being a dad. That's exactly what you should be doing. And yeah. it just kind of was one of those things where when I started my Instagram, uh, it was either my kids cuss because I do or dads don't babysit. <laughs> And my kids cuss because I do was just way too long. And so yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but I really wanted to push that vibe of, Hey, you're, we're dads. Like right. so much, there's so much stuff about men being second class parents. And right. from my research, there's so much that goes wrong when dad's not in the house. You know what right. I mean? Like there's, I mean, just percentages of people in jail and suicide rate, all that stuff comes from dads not being just being around. And so right. for me, like we are, when guys say that they're discounting, not, I don't want to say who they are, but they're discounting right. such a huge portion of their life because it's right. so much more than just babysitting. We are, you're, you're a dad and that's huge. You're fathering. <laughs> yeah. You're fathering children. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you're being paid to watch someone else's kids, then you can babysit. Yeah, then I'm babysitting. <laughs> that's somebody else's. And like I said earlier, like 100 acres all alone with mine. That's cool. Anybody yeah. else's kind of like, I, I got to want to watch other people's kids. <laughs> yeah. When I was like, before I had kids, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to like, like, I don't want to hold babies. I wasn't like into hanging out with other people's kids. Yeah. And then once I had my own, I was like, oh, actually, this is way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's totally, cool. totally. Yeah, my first diaper change ever was my oldest's first diaper change. And so yeah. it was one of those things where I was like, what is this? Because it's not normal <laughs> boo the first time, right? It's no, it's black, yeah. I'm like, what yeah. is with the tar in here? I don't understand it's what's going on. It was insane. Yeah, um, and you can just like, well, how long ago was that? It was 18 years ago. 19. Was uh, before 19 you could just changed. Google things, I um, guess. You could. You it's stuff, it's yeah. so funny because I look back on that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that. I was literally two years into having a cell phone. Yeah, the first cell phone I ever had, like the f first cell phone ever, kind of thing. <laughs> not yeah. even a flip phone. It was one that you know you still didn't t nine. You didn't even do t nine words. You had to type out all the all yeah. the text. Yeah, ABC. Yeah, <laughs> right. It was rough, rough living. Then. That's awesome. But when did you have your first kid? How old were you? So I was twenty three. And, okay. uh, yeah, I had been, I, so I was married previously and that's where my two older okay. kids are from that marriage. Um, but I got married at 20 and then, uh, we moved out of the country and lived in Costa Rica and he was born there. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So what were you doing in Costa Rica? Just like I say missions work. I was learning Spanish and I, okay. I, I translated a lot. So for like yeah. different teams that come down, I translated for construction teams and, um, like pastors when they would speak, I could translate then. Um, okay. I helped out with like youth groups and I mean, I was practically a teenager at that point. So it was threw me in with a bunch of kids. That's how they do it. Like you're 20. So you're the youth pastor now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so sad. I feel bad, but you know, it's funny is that like I have friends that I graduated with, I studied ministry in, in college and they yeah. went into youth ministry and they, some of them just came out of youth ministry at the end of their thirties. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. how in the world did you, how did you stay in youth ministry that long? I'd have gone crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was a youth pastor for a while. Oh, were you? Uh, at my dad's church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's quit like five years ago. So oh, yeah. once I had my own kids, I was like, I can't be running this. <laughs> right? Like all nighters crazy. and stuff. Dude, yeah. I am. I need like a week to recover if I stay up past <laughs> two o'clock, you know, two in yeah. the morning. And they want to stay up all night long. Like my, my oldest is playing Fortnite or whatever he's playing until like four. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I just, it's kind of like the whole, you get out of your, like you get out of your thirties and now like drinking is a problem because if you drink too much, then you have a hangover and you're, you're down for the whole day. And like now all you have day, kids. Yeah. 
you know so it's like i i mean i don't drink i don't drink like that anyways but like yeah yeah that it's kind of like that only as i got at, like in my 30s like no i don't want to stay up that late that's insane i love sleep no <laughs> yeah i love it uh when did you start your dad's don't babysit like the account instagram yeah that's a good question i don't remember how long ago i started it it took off uh just about it'll be a year at the end of october when it really started to okay. take off um i had been doing videos uh, specifically about health and wellness and um yeah. and the concept there from my standpoint was i i was bent over one time trying to tie my shoes on the stairs and my yeah. gut was my gut was in my way enough that it was like pushing against my diaphragm so i'm holding my breath <laughs> my, yeah and i seriously i remember sitting on the stairs being like this is ridiculous i i can't even tie my shoes and I, yeah exactly <laughs> And so the health side of things started to go where I started to go. And as I got healthier, then I got, I became a better dad because yeah. then I could be more involved. I wasn't tired all the time. I wasn't wanting to just sit. I was okay with yeah. running around. I mean, I have had plenty of times now that I'm as healthy as I am where we're running around the house. Even, I mean, I'm yelling, I'm, I've jumped up on the counters, like crowing at them, like crazy <laughs> stuff that we do. And that's not all the time, but like I've done that. <laughs> And then it they'll happens, be like, yeah. yeah. And then they'll be like, dad, I'm tired. Can we sit down? Can we stop? And I'm like, I win. <laughs> win. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. where it started. And then I did, uh, and then I started talking a little bit more about being a dad. And I, I transitioned out of being a traditional parent, specifically because the oldest, his name is Zeke. He went to college and I sat yeah. down on the front porch and I was, I, I was thinking about it and I, you, that whole life flash before your eyes before you die kind of yeah. thing i had that only in with him of him being gone and it was all of these things where i'm like man i could have done that so much better sometimes it makes me tear up even when i talk about it because i'm like yeah. i feel like i wasn't a bad dad but i could have been so much more understanding and so much more caring and so much more around at this all yeah. those things that i wished i would have done that i didn't do and now i didn't have the chance to with him and, right. uh, and so I started to share that and that is where it really started to resonate with people. Um, yeah. I think that there's a lot of dads like me out there, but there's not a lot that are out there talking about it. And so I've yeah. just been able to like kind of gather people together as we've done this to just really create a, a community of guys that are like, yeah, that's me. I do. I'm the same way. And yeah. So yeah. love it. What's some of the content that's, resonated most with your audience so the one that really i mean it's so funny to think about this on uh on october 31st the kids are dressed and ready to go trick-or-treating and i look at my wife and i'm like hey i've added like 300 followers in like a, a day or two that's crazy yeah. and yeah. i'm like wouldn't that be nuts if i made it over a thousand followers um yeah. i think i had like 800 at the time and it had it was like creeping up or whatever yeah. and uh, I had posted a video about, it was pinned for a long time about the mama bear. Uh, the whole concept was microchimerism where when a mama is pregnant, baby's T cells will come out into the body and help heal yeah. areas in her body. Um, but they've also done on one of the studies, they've like done autopsies on mama and found male cells in her brain, in her tissues, like where yeah. the baby's cells have come out. And so that whole concept to me was interesting. And it, I took it, I took it to a level where I was like, you know, like quantum thought would be, wow, 
those cells are in there. If, if I yell at my kids, why do I always get the, even when they're in the wrong, like I'm like, you know, like you're being bad and all that. And then she comes at me. I'm like, what is this? I thought we were on the same team, you know? (laughs) And, and really what I started to think about was, holy cow, she, she feels it in her cells. Like she feels like I'm attacking her. It's not just because she like, it's, it's almost like it resonates with the cells in their body. And I know that that's like woo woo and crazy, but quantum quantum physically tell you all sorts of craziness. Right. Right. Um, And so I, I did a video on that and that, that got shared a lot and I got a lot yeah. of pushback on that, but I also, people just <laughs> resonated with that specifically. And that has um, like over 18 million views on that specific one. Yeah, And that's what really started the ramp up of people following. Um, and yeah. then I did one on spanking and okay. I, I used to spank and I don't anymore. Um, yeah, And I took it to an extreme. Again, I came from this whole pastoral concept one of my favorite things uh, in the church or one of my favorite things of being a pastor was studying the Hebrew narrative and Hebrew concepts yeah. and, and teaching those to, I always say gringos cause I, cause of living outside the country, but <laughs> teaching those to people who don't think like that. And yeah. I just said, you know, the spare the rod, spoil the child. We, we think if you don't spank them, you make them a spoiled brat. And I right. looked into that and I'm going, no, that's not what they use the rod for. The shepherd's rod was to like, one, keep the sheep from falling off the side of the cliff when they were moving and guide yeah. them. And then it was also to beat back like wolves and things like that. And I thought, right. and I thought, oh my gosh, it doesn't mean that. It means maybe his concept was more, if you don't protect them, you will ruin them. And now yeah. we have a whole understanding of that passage. Yeah, that changes yeah. us saying, oh, well, we should, we should spank our kids. We should hit our kids. And it just, yeah. it clicked for me. And when when I got a lot of pushback on that one, I looked at my wife and yeah. I said, I think I'm onto something. Men, <laughs> men specifically are so against what I just said that I think I might be right. And and so I just was <laughs> like, salmon, baby, let's just go against the stream of what I'm used yeah. to. Um, and that's where that's where it really started to go. And why do you why do you think men specifically are most against spanking? Is it I feel like it might be like uh, a control thing or like feeling it like what else am I supposed to do? Like, I don't, I can't control this child and this is what I can, this is what I got. Yeah. Yeah. This is my only tool in my tool belt. <laughs> uh, any other reasons you think that it's such a hard concept for people? Yeah. I think that, uh, I think I usually say this about dads and sons. Um, I think we, we understand that the world is harsh and, not a lot of people want to hear this, but the world is harder for men. And I know that that's like, a, that's like not what people want to say because it's a man's world, but it's not. And like, there's more, a higher rate of suicide, a higher rate of imprisonment, like all of the things, like look at the, look at the crap jobs, the most dangerous jobs, yeah. like those kind of things are done by men. And honestly, I look at our whole, like all of and I'm like, well, I look at my sons and say, we're made bigger. We're made yeah. stronger, not to oppress and push down, but to help and serve and lift up and protect. But that also makes sense for us to do a job that's physically more taxing, physically yeah. less safe, those kind of things, right? And so yeah. when we talk about this specifically for fathers and sons, I think dads come into this knowing we have this thing inside of us that says the world is not nice and it's definitely not going to be nice to you because you're going to be a yeah. man. 
Um, so I've got to make you strong. And, and it's really like a pushback on ourselves. Like they have to, I need to be in control. I run the show. I'm right. And so there's that part of it with the children, but there's also that part of if I don't make, if I'm not hard on you, then when you get into a world that's hard on you, you'll crumble. And, right. and they, they haven't thought outside of that box. And I mean, look at how many centuries have they said, have people like spank their kids or, right. you know, all the way up to beating their children, like just crazy right. stuff that I think about now. And, you know, the, the information and the studies are now with us in the sense of saying, yeah, really, it doesn't do well. You don't really teach a child when you're spanking them and they're scared or they're being hurt, that kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. I think a lot of dads, it's the control. It's the the need to be, we have an ego thing. And then the, yeah. all underneath of that is someday you're going to leave my house and the world will crush you if I don't make you hard. And yeah. Unfortunately, it's counterintuitive to say, yeah, no, if you build their confidence when they're little by letting them feel what they feel and letting them be who they are inside your home and being okay with everyone else looking at your kid like they're crazy and just being like, hey, man, I don't really care what you think. Yeah, it's my world and it's his world, that kind of thing. How yeah. much that builds their confidence for when they go out into the world. It's almost like instead of when the waves crash against the sand and drag it out to sea, like that's the kind of confidence they have. Instead of that, when you yeah. build that confidence, it's like hitting, it's hitting the rocks. It's hitting right. something solid and they can withstand that, that pain, that pressure and that, that weight. Yeah. I like that. How do you, uh, cause we, we don't really spank, but we do like a little squat every once in a while for like the toddler, like, yeah. like, Hey, I said, stop. So stop. Yeah. And so what are some like alternatives because there's so many levels when people talk about spanking. Yeah. Like some people say spanking and they have their belt out. Yeah, like exactly. That's, yeah. That's beyond what yeah, that's a big, I'm big no for me. at all. Like, yeah. That one's, that's, that's like a big high no. Like don't, don't ever take your belt off. Yeah. That. I've keep had your, that. Not cool. Yeah. <laughs> what are some alternatives for like discipline, especially for like younger, like under four or five? Sure. Yeah. I think one thing we can't forget is that when they're in their own world, they can't hear you biggest frustration yeah. for me is not being listened to. Like that comes from oh, all sorts of stuff in my past, but when they're not listening, that's when me specifically, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> listen. Um, yeah. but when they're in their own little world, they, they don't realize that. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, your mom, like you're watching TV and you're like zoned in Yeah. And your mom is standing, but I can still see my mom standing by the steps being like, Nathan, Nathan. And then like yelling, <laughs> And I'm like, what? Hello. You know, like, did, did I even did yeah. make fun of my oldest when he, I'd be like, you'd be like, what? I didn't even hear you. <laughs> but um, we don't, we don't realize that that's where they are. You know, like video games, they get so drawn into them that it's, they're in that world. And so right. people will say like, well, what about a swat on the butt to like, get them to like focus and listen. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I don't know about like picking them up, depending on how old they are, picking them up right. and bringing them to you or touching them. Yeah it takes a lot more effort to do that because maybe they're somewhere else and I've now I've got to walk upstairs and handle that yeah. or I've got to be more patient, but touching them, getting, getting into their face, not, not like mean, but like getting yeah. into their sight line, looking at their eyes. Yeah. yeah see, see them and, and bring them back to where you are so that you can, you can interact. I think that's a, that's a huge one that takes a little bit more patience. It's not as quick. Yeah. 
Um, but it also keeps you from having to do any of that, you know? Yeah. I've noticed that a lot at the park when people are like trying to get their toddlers to leave, mm. like, come on, we got snacks at home or <laughs> two more minutes. And it's like, you could just pick them up. Yeah. You know, yeah. You carry I mean, them to the car. They go with you. And you may have a fight, yeah. but you also have to understand that you like, think about that. Like if, if that were to happen to you and me, we're grown men. But I think if someone yeah. could just drag us away and make us do something that we didn't want to do, I wouldn't be yeah. happy. I'd be like, you no. know, like a lot of people hate their job. They go begrudgingly every day, all those things. Right. I mean, just taper that down into a little toddler's world and that's all they know. And they don't really want to leave. So they're not, right. they're not trying to be defiant in those moments. And right. I've had plenty of people be like, oh yes, they are. And I have literally looked at my wife and been like, this feels like the three-year-old giving us a middle, the middle finger, you know, like yeah. whatever she's doing, like, dad, look what I did. Yeah. But when it comes to those moments, yeah, you're like, yeah, just, just pick them up and, you know, or I heard this and I forget who it was, so I can't give them credit. Um, yeah. but they say, instead of saying, Hey, five more minutes, ask them, Hey, how many mm -hmm. minutes do you need? And then you can kind of negotiate. So they feel like they won. Cause you know, yeah. like, when you, like you could just be like, Hey, how many minutes do you need? Now I asked the youngest cause she doesn't know time. So she'd be like three minutes. And I'm like, all right, everybody. Youngest says three minutes and the olders are like, no, say 20, say 20. You know? um, but, three is the biggest number of the yeah, world. Yeah. That's right. She's like, I need three minutes. Um, but if she's like, if they are like, hey, we need 20 minutes. We're like, hey, um, how about how about 10? And then they may come yeah. back and say 15. Do I really care? I mean, honestly, I don't. So if they say, yeah. how about 15? Now it's less than what they asked and it's more than what I wanted. And, and you know, everybody wins because when it's time to leave, it's cool. And sometimes yeah. you could even take your phone and put a, a timer on it. Then you a get timer. to blame the timer, right? Yeah. Okay, 15 minutes. Yeah, buddy. Click. And then yeah. when the timer goes off, you're like, hey, the timer went off. And yeah. you still may have whatever happened, but at least Push now whatever, it's yeah. you and your kids against the timer. Like, oh, man, timer. Shoot. And, yeah. you know, you just got to make I've stuff up. That. <laughs> I think that was like a Montessori toddler book where it's like, just write stuff down. <laughs> so it's like brush teeth. Like, oh, it says brush teeth on the mirror. So I yeah. guess it's time for that now. It's like pee in the potty. Like, oh, that's what we got to do. Yeah. The sign says it. It's like an irrefutable fact once it's written down. Yeah. Like, this time says time to go. Yeah. But what I noticed there is it takes more thought and effort on our part. And I don't yeah. know about you, but when I got, when I became a parent the first time, I just, assumed kids were coming along because I would got married and you know you have children when you get married and that, I just assumed parenting I assumed parenting that's all that's all <laughs> and so it's like oh this is not this is not easy and it's not like I didn't plan for all of this stuff I don't know what I'm doing yeah and so learning and trying trying new things and becoming more it's all requirement yeah. even even though I didn't assume that that was going to be the case yeah, it's crazy that we assume that we could just do it uh, because without any training, we just do what was done to us. And yeah. for most people, that's not super positive. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, we'll just wing it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I say all the time, yeah. you will default to how you were parented, like you just said. Yeah. I mean, you'll default to whatever that was, unfortunately, for all of us. Um Look, I mean, we all look back on how we were raised. There's great stuff about my family. I wasn't abused or anything like that. I had a great yeah. family life. But when I look back, I go, oh, I want to do that differently. 
And unless I choose consciously to do that, I will subconsciously or unconsciously do the other. I'll just do what they did. Yeah. What do you do for like outright defiance and disobedience? Like you say something and then it's just not done. Do you have like creative discipline strategies maybe for older kids? Or I mean, probably for all of them, but yeah. How do you handle that? Um, I will say that I am still a very much a work in progress. So there, like that, I can tell you right now, like even thinking about it, it just makes me go, you know, like the whole, <laughs> the whole anger thing comes out, bringing out the lion, I guess. But um, I don't know, the, the more I work on that stuff, I guess the more I would say, there are times where you just got to be like, hey, dude, this is what's got to happen. Like, sorry that that's yeah. what's happening for you. I get that with the eight year old right now, Finley, he is, uh, he's pushing on that stuff. And that, yeah. again, he's not pushing on it. He's got such a great personality that there's times where I can be like, hey, man, that's that's not really you. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah. And can talk through stuff. Um, but when it comes to outright defiance, I don't know because I don't really feel – I don't feel like there's outright, like, defiance. We have – Yeah. Like, we have – and I know that's probably going to have so many people be like, no, nah, that's not true. You know, but <laughs> – but they have they're their whole they're a whole person. So they have yeah. all these wants. It's not like they're trying to do that, right? They just don't want to do what you want them to do because they have their own will. And so working through that, becoming more of a I don't even want to say negotiate because it doesn't feel like feel like that. Cause I think about uh if you've ever heard of the book Never Split the Difference, he was like a hostage negotiator. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's coming up with win wins. Not negotiation mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a loss for one side and a loss for the other. Just like I said with the fifteen minutes, like they wanted twenty, yeah. but we don't. Ah, well, well, I wanted ten. We can meet in the middle. You win, I win. Yeah. No big deal, right? So I kind of come back at it outright defiance that way. Okay, what's going on? Are we hungry? Are we tired? Um, yeah. You know how are we feel like those kind of things first, and then go from there. I'm not gonna lie totally have moments where i'm like just do it you know and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally do what i say exactly do you feel like you're it it seems like the, the parents who don't demand respect end up being the most respect <laughs> do you feel like your household is like a household of respect and uh honor in general yeah we one, I agree with you totally. I think the ones who demand respect, like you will respect me, that it wasn't earned. It's not like yeah. it wasn't something that you show them respect. And that's how they learn respect is by feeling it. And so I think that those who demand it, yeah, I totally agree. They'll they'll listen to you to your face and they'll do what you want, maybe begrudgingly, maybe like, you know, uh like maybe they'll just do it so they can don't have to deal with you. But if they had the option when you weren't around, they would do whatever they wanted. And, right and and that's unfortunate right yeah so when it comes to that yeah i think that they learn respect from us so they see it how we how i treat my wife uh they definitely see it and feel it and how i treat them and yeah. so they get the feel of what that means and when they don't do that again coming down on them hard i, I read this like four or five different times just yesterday on Instagram. I'm like, wow, there's so many people saying the same thing, but it's like shaming a child for doing the wrong thing. doesn't actually help them do the right thing. You know, it's yeah. And, and so instead of coming down on them, you just be like, Hey man, um, that wasn't really cool how you talked to me. And again, that sounds like I'm talking to this four year old that way or whatever, but it's amazing how much kids pick up when you just go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Hey, I don't, 
I don't yeah, want to be treated that way. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So. No, I love that. What's the biggest pushback you get for when you say just don't spank? Do they, like, you're going to spoil your child? Is that the main? <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, I grew up in the church. I know you said your dad was a pastor. Yeah. So, I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. My dad was also a pastor. So, that is my, like, I, I understand that side of things. Um, yeah. So, the Christian response is, what about spare the rod, spoil the child? <laughs> That's yeah. my favorite. I'm like, oh, the one you want to go there? Yeah. We could do that. Um, so you get that. Uh, that's a big one. I get uh, I get called a snowflake a ton, um, which is so funny to me because I I get it, right? Someone who can't handle their own emotions and, and is uh, afraid of confrontation or afraid of everything, whatever. Uh, but that's not uh, and like this is the reason that that children are snow. This is the reason that children are entitled. And I'm sitting there. Gotcha. Like, that's a big one. Um, you know, some people are just like, no, that I, I, I got spanked and I'm fine. And that's usually when I'm like, are you like, let's go deeper on that. You man. seem angry in the comments, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's, I'd say those are the big four, like spare the rod, spoil the yeah. child. Um, and then snowflake generation. Um, I'm, I'm fine. That's a big one. Uh, yeah. but yeah, those, those ones, um, they kind of make me, they, they bother me because all I say is, okay, that's one way you've done it one way. And I, I feel that I get, I have compassion on that because I was that way. I was the guy who demanded yeah. respect. I was the guy who spanked. I was the guy who yelled. I mean, I'll still raise my voice here and there. And I, I, I've asked for forgiveness a lot faster now than I used to, but yeah. you know, I was that guy. And so I have an understanding of where that's coming from. And so all I do now, or all I want to do now is just say, well, what if you did this? Like, what if you tried something else and it worked? And you yeah. have to connect with your kid because all I really want for guys, it, like dads specifically, is for them to feel like them to let their kids feel what they really do feel inside for them. Right. Because none yeah. of us are like, oh, I just can't stand my kid. Well, maybe there are some, <laughs> but most guys are like, I love my children. I love my family. I want to protect them. I, I want them to know that. That's why we work so hard. Right. We want to provide yeah. this life for them so that they know we love them. And the truth is all they want to know, all they want is our time and like FaceTime right. and interaction. And, and then when we do that, we're not nice, you know, just, yeah. and I want them to be, I want men to be able to connect with their kids, get rid of the junk that's in their life, connect with their kids and, and change their family tree by actually being the dads that go where the kids go. My dad was, my dad was awesome. I want to be just like him, you know? Yeah. I love that. I read in one of the discipline books, Christian discipline books, mm -hmm. uh, that there's like the rod, which is like the shepherd's hook that you think of, like the yeah. thick one. Yeah. And that's like fighting off the wolves and stuff. And then they had like a little kind of just like a little switch, <laughs> like a little, not like nothing that's like hurting the sheep, but like yeah. when the sheep is like wandering off, you kind of just tap them back into yeah. in the line. Like, hey, hey, that's a cliff, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And so like, even that, like, that's the most uh, intense discipline that the shepherd would give. Would be like, "Hey, you're going to die that way." Right. Exactly. So, and if you think, I'm going to whack you a little bit this way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you think about it, shepherds were actually poor, right? So the chances of them actually owning yeah. the sheep was very low, right? Yeah. And so when you think of my again my background, when you think of the Hebrew culture, the best kind of land you needed the best lamb for sacrifice, right? There couldn't be any blemishes mm -hmm. on it whatsoever. And so when people talk about, oh, yeah, they, they would break their leg. 
I'm going to tell you right now, if you came into my house and you watched over my dog and it ran off and you broke its leg because it ran off, we aren't going to be friends anymore. You know, like, like yeah. you can't watch my dog. You probably aren't going to come to my house anymore. It's the same kind of thing. Like most of those shepherds were likely um, paid by someone who owned the sheep. And the last thing you're going to do is break the sheep's legs or beat the sheep. I mean, right. you're going to lose your job real fast. And so yeah. it, when you come at it like that, and I know like Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and he, there's a constant reference there, but that's just, that's because that's how they understood it. Um, but yeah, I, right. I kind of always look back at, you're right. Like you're not, you're not smacking the sheep around. You, you would use a lot of force for protection from, you know, you got yeah. David, David used a sling for, what do you say? A lion and a bear. Um, yeah. And that's force to protect, not to, not to hurt the sheep. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Will you talk a little bit more about how you've gotten fit and how the fitness has affected your, your fatherhood? Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, there's a lot there. I do that. My brain goes everywhere. So just throw me back in wherever we need to. <laughs> no, you're good. Like, um, yeah. When I got, when I got more fit is when I really got more energy and started playing a lot more. But as I did that, I also kept looking further down the road. You know, I started, I, I, I have a video where I'm like, hold your kids. Who cares what everybody says? Hold them all <laughs> the time. Every time my daughter says, unless I'm full of like holding groceries or doing something, yeah. I can't pick her up or there's a, a something I'm gonna put her in danger. I'm holding that kid. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. hold you. Sure. And I need to be strong enough to just handle that. I mean, you probably know this. You've held your kid so long that your arm feels like it's going to fall off. It's like burning. Yeah. And you're switching arms and all that. And all I wanted to do was be able to go, okay, I, I can hold you for as long as you want. Um, I had a friend who his oldest son was born and I don't know what all happened, but I think the cord got wrapped around his neck when he was born and it oh, yeah. cut off the blood supply. So he has... Um, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what, but he cannot walk. Like there's very little he can do. And yeah. this, this dad was like 155 pounds soaking wet. Right. And yeah. so, uh, I, I remember him saying, you know, Jace is going to get bigger and I need to be stronger because I'm always going to have to take care of him. Yeah. And so that sits in my head. Not that I'm always going to have to take care of him, but him saying that, we got talking about, okay, I need to deadlift heavy. I need to, I need to yeah. do the compound movements because what's required of me as a father is to protect. Now I'm crazy. So I take that to a <laughs> level where I'm like, what do I need to do if someone comes after my family? Like my children think I can do anything. So I better be able to, right? Uh, <laughs> I think it's Ben Barker. I don't know if you follow him or not, but Ben Barker, I think I'm pretty sure he's the one who said, be the badass your kids think you are. Yeah. And it's like, I love, I love that. I'm like, yes, I, I, I want to know I, my kids are not I'm like, when they say like monsters, monsters don't come in our house. And I say this all the time. <laughs> they'll be like, well, is there monsters? And I'm like, there's mo monsters don't come around here. And they'll be like, is that cause you'll hurt them? And I'm like, exactly. Like <laughs> monsters are afraid of daddy. Cause I'm loud and I'm mean and I'll, and I'll beat them until they're dust and stuff like yeah. that. And they're like, Oh my gosh, my dad is scary, but he keeps me safe. <laughs> right. That's the whole point. And so my crazy is that like, I need to be able to sprint fast enough that if somebody picks up my kid while we're out that I can catch them and then destroy them. Like, and that is <laughs> literally what's in my brain is I love that. seek and destroy, keep my kids safe, you know, that kind of thing. So um, that's kind of where my fitness has started to change where I've started to go, okay, heavier lifts actually boost testosterone. Well, to a, a 20 year old guy today, 
has the same testosterone level as a 60-year-old guy 20 years ago. That's, that's wild. That's insane, right? And so I'm going, well, if that's the case, we are weaker, way weaker, and yeah. way less like manly. And I don't mean that like, oh, I hunt and I fish. And I just mean way less man because less testosterone. Yeah. And so I start, I, I actually do. I, I try to figure out how do I healthily and without doing testosterone, without taking it, how do I boost my own testosterone? How do I keep my yeah. own health and vitality? Um, because there is much that is required of me that may never, ever happen. I may never have to run somebody down and beat them to dust because they wanted to pick my kid up. Like, you know, like I hope I don't. Right. But I'd rather, I'd rather have it and not ever need it than need it and not ever have it and, or need it and not have it. And so it's, that's kind of, that has really pushed how I see myself as a dad, as a husband, like protector, all of those kind of things that they all come through there. Yeah. So what's your like fitness regimen right now? Yeah. So, um, I do, I do CrossFit, uh, and you know, the the worst thing you can do is ask a CrossFitter about his workouts. Right. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that, but, um, it's funny because I used to be a vegan too. So I'm like a vegan and CrossFitter. I'm going to talk your face off, but, um, (laughs) so I do CrossFit. I focus, I I excel more at the weightlifting side of things. And so, uh, I actually would come in in the mornings and I, I, we just finished this a couple of weeks ago, but we would do what's called juggernaut strength training. It's powerlifting. So I would okay. powerlift before CrossFit. And then we do the, the metabolic conditioning, the Metcon, um, for, uh, all of the, all of the goods that come out of that. And so, yeah. um, I'm, I'm getting ready to start working more on gymnastics. So like rope climbs and ring muscle ups and okay. things like that. It's weird. Um, I never, like I, I used to be a fighter. I played soccer. So I've never been like horribly like obese or anything like that, Yeah. but I never really had the body I wanted until I started doing CrossFit. And then I started looking into the science of it. I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. The heavier the weights, the more your muscles change. I mean, you look at a sprinter versus a long distance runner and you can see the sprinter's more muscular. Well, that's because it calls on different muscle fibers and different and requires different things from their body than a long distance runner. And so I always wanted to look more like a sprinter than a long distance runner. And I hate running anyway. So it worked out for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I started CrossFit last October. Oh, nice. And I was trying to get in shape forever before that. And then, so I would just like go on runs. Yeah. And I just found, I just, I hate running. <laughs> and so I always thought I was just like, I'm just not motivated. I'm just not healthy. And it's like, no, I just hate running. Yeah. Yeah. And so once I started doing a workout, I enjoyed, I get up and do it. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to go too. So I love that, man. Yeah. I, because I used to fight, my wife was like, okay, you need to have less bruises on your face. And so CrossFit <laughs> kept the fighter feel, but no getting bruised yeah. in the face. So nice. I like it. Do you do any like jujitsu or kickboxing anymore? Or are you like, I don't, with I don't, I'm looking to get back into jujitsu. I've been talking with uh, Kip Sorensen from the order of man, just like asking okay. him questions about how he does Cause I saw him and he goes to classes and the thing is you, you don't really learn it if you don't go very much. Right. Right. And so I'm like, how do yeah. I do that without taking more time away from my family? And so he goes yeah. in the middle of the day. And so I'm working on figuring out how I can do that and get into a class that'll and maybe meet at like noon, do my lunchtime that way as opposed yeah. to this now. But then you get your kids into it and you can go and bring them off. Yeah. <laughs> r- roll with them. And I would love, I love that. Like I let the kids do that. I, I know some stuff from when I fought. So, um, I'll, I taught them how to do the rear naked choke. And so they'll get behind me and they'll do it. And, and then I'm like, yeah, three, 
That's right. But like, you know, you gotta learn the tap out first. That's when right. I tap, you stop. <laughs> That's right. I'm tapping, dude. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you talked a little bit about, I think in one of your posts about planting a church. Is that that was you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, how did you recover from that? Because <laughs> I was in ministry also. Yeah. And how long did that take, and what was kind of your processing of that? Yeah. So, um, my my story kind of ends there, and then re- restarts, and that's probably how I processed it. Is that I totally just like blew up my entire life. And yeah. then and then restarted, uh, but um, it was that was when I was in the concept of well, this is what I'm supposed to do. So my family just comes along, and like that'll just happen. Yeah. And so I would be, I would go do meetings or figure whatever out. I mean, when I started the church, uh, we didn't have like a, a front man for the band, so I learned how to yeah. play guitar, and then I and I sang, and that was dangerous. And then I taught, uh, so it felt like the Nate show. Um, but yeah. that was just until we could get people going. Um, yeah. and I did end up, I didn't, I, I ended up stepping out of my marriage in the midst of all that feeling like I, nothing was working. I, I got to yeah. a very, very dark place where I wanted to actually kill myself. And, and instead of killing myself, I just imploded my whole life, which was yeah. another permanent solution to a temporary problem. Um, but at the same time, I, I was like, I don't really want to die but I felt like I, right. you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, so this was, I think subconsciously it was some way to be able to just, you know, napalm it and start over. Um, so yeah. my recovery was probably not the best move. It was not the, the best way to do that. Uh, but ministry will take yeah. it out of you. There's a, Oh shoot. I won't even be able to tell you what book it is. I'll have to send it to you. I'll have to like shoot you the name later. Um, yeah. But there's a book about like burnout in the church that I read. And, mm. and I was like, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. It was all, I mean, all of it. I'll put it to you this yeah. way. I did that for, I did the church plan for five years, four years. And yeah, uh, six months after I left, the, there were two guys that tried to take it over to handle it. And those yeah. two guys, they decided to close the doors because they couldn't do it. And that's not to say I was yeah. great. That just meant all I was taking on two guys took on and then we're like, we gotta be, we gotta, we're tapping out. Yeah. It's brutal. My dad was a church planner. So they oh. started in 2000 and yeah, it's still going. So it's like one of the rare ones that survived. Yeah. But early years are brutal. Yeah, they are. They- I read one, one of the books was uh, dangerous calling by Paul Tripp. Oh yeah. And I was reading that and I was like, I need to quit. <laughs> Cause it's like, this is this will destroy your life if you don't do it right yeah and there's it's hard to do it right yeah <laughs> so. you're you're right and there's not a lot for like i don't think you need to be this way like but there's a lot of thought that i need to do it right i need to be perfect and because i'm yeah. the example and i'm the leader and you're held to a standard here um but you're still a human and so yeah. there's still times where you're tired or frustrated or whatever or, or sad and uh, yeah. and i mean my my growing up in the church and being in the pastor's house, I can tell you that I know stuff about my parents' life that they wouldn't let anybody know because they didn't feel right. like they could. And yeah. to a level at times, I'm like, well, that, that, that brought in a lot of pain to them. And so yeah. um, mad church disease, that was the name of the book. Okay. Mad church disease. All right. Now. Mad church, mad church disease. <laughs> I love it. But, are you how do you think about faith and Jesus and church nowadays? 
Yeah. Well, you know when they say like raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he's older he'll never stray from it, he'll never leave from it. Yeah. Um, I really, I really do believe that. I think that I, I look around the world now, and I, I basically I put God and the church together, and that was the mm. problem is that God was never separated from the church, and so when okay. the church, in my, um, in my opinion, when the church failed me, like when I had that, when I stepped out of my marriage, and and all of that happened. They basically, not my church plant specific, but the conglomeration of churches around us that were part of it, we were part of, uh, they basically said, you can't go to that church anymore. Well, then I just was, we were just out in the middle of nowhere and they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to do this restoration process. And they put me with these three people that were supposed to keep in touch with me. It was very front front end loaded. Well, front end loaded, they met with me three times that first year and I was supposed to read a book and it was like. Like, I mean, unfortunately for them, it was a total joke. It was like, if this is what you guys do, like, this is unfortunate. Like, this is not how this yeah. is done. And that's sad. Um, but, you know, when all of that went down, um, I I began to separate God from the church. And I think that was a good thing. Mm. Because now, you know, I, I remember talking to an atheist. And he's like, if you believe in God, you're just like expletive, expletive, stupid. Yeah. And, yeah. and I look at that and I go, man, what I know about just pregnancy and birth in my own life like my wife what i know about that you cannot ever tell me that there wasn't an intelligent design behind that you'll you'll never convince me just as much as my friend that was an atheist was like you're totally stupid for believing in god (laughs) i am like you have to have more faith to believe that this all happened like somebody blew up a printing press and it it made a, a fully perfect dictionary you're out of your mind you know so from my standpoint i met god I met God outside of the church because I had been in the church for so long. I couldn't yeah. separate the two. So now uh, I have a friend who's, she's, she's like a little sister kind of to me. And she'll be like, you know, I'm going to get you to come to my church. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's literally like trying to get me to come back into a cage. Like it's just never kind of worked <laughs> for me because I met this God that's so much bigger than the walls of the church. Yeah. That stepping back in, it takes me all the way back to the things that I felt like, like I don't know how to put it other than it feels like I'm trying to walk back into a cage. And so all the walls go yeah. up for me. The moment I step in there, I'm like, I already I'm already not in line with it. And yeah. that's okay with me because we always called God like the Bible calls God Father. And I I love pushing buttons. I love pushing the envelope. There are plenty <laughs> of feminine ways to understand God too, right? So as a dad, I go, yeah, like this is it makes sense. But yeah. what I want also to understand is that there the feminine side of life is inside of God as well. And so I can call him mom just as much as I wanted to call him dad. And so, Mm. but from my standpoint, as I've, as I've grown outside of that whole situation, I've been able to go, Oh, that's why you equate yourself with a parent because there's so many things that I see in my children that it's almost like he whispers that that's, that's why. Right. You know what I mean? And I love that. It makes me tear up. It makes me excited. But when I look at my kids and this is the part that I didn't get in the church, I don't know about you, but I didn't get this from the church. Um, When I look at my kids and I like think about how much I love them and how excited I am that they're mine. When I do that and how much joy I have, I always felt like God was watching me, waiting for me to screw up to send me to hell. Yeah. And so the God that I met outside the church was a God that was like, like that. He's the dad that goes, 
a father. You, yeah. You just make me happy. I just love being around yeah. you. Just, I just want you close to me. I want to wrestle with you. I want to hold you. I want to love you. Spill your drink on me. I don't care. Like that is, <laughs> you know, like we talk about God getting into the mess. I mean, you know, you have four kids. Yeah. Poop goes everywhere. Puke goes everywhere. <laughs> like last weekend, I literally, I, we, we had a birthday party, put the youngest in the Jeep. She's sitting in her, in her seat and just pukes everywhere it's all over her it's all over the jeep i mean it was oh, crazy yeah. right it's all like and then i'm like i'm trying to get her out of the seat so it's all over me it's everywhere and i, I get her out and i look at her and i'm like we were in this park where there's no like water so i grab some yeah. bottle water we had and i'm dumping it on her but now she's wet so i take all her clothes off and i'm looking around and i, I don't have anything so i take my yeah. shirt off and i'm drying her off yeah well, well now we got now we got vomit in her seat. I'm not putting her back in there. <laughs> so we're 20 minutes from home. I sit her in the front seat. This is like, I mean, if there's cops listening, I'm sorry. It's already too late, I guess. But I sit her in the front seat and I just drove home with her sitting in my front, like in my lap, right? Yeah. I get home to my wife throwing up and I'm like, what is going on? What is happening? Yeah. The next day, Wyatt needs to go to the bathroom and he's in there way too long. We were out at a at a uh, we had just gone out for his birthday. It was like we were at a restaurant. We went to get ice cream. And I walk in and there's poop everywhere. I'm like, what is going on with this weekend? Like, we just need a reset. Bad like, tacos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like everywhere. But uh, none of that, none of that changed. In fact, I feel like it endears them closer to me. Like, you're mine. Yeah. I got you. I'll take care of you. I looked at my son. We're in the mess. Together. You know, like, we're in this together. He's like, Dad, it's in my underwear. You know, like, I'm like, did you get on shorts? No. All right, then we're good. You know, we take the underwear, we throw it away. And he's like, why are you throwing it away? I'm like, because I'm not taking it with us. And then, so overshare, maybe. He's like, Dad, now I'm the only one going commando. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Take mine off, pull the underwear off, pull the pants back on. I'm like, now we're both commando. You good to go? He's like, I'm good. And then we, we leave. Like, all of that to me, like, that's where God's like, now you get it. That's, yeah. that's how I feel about you. And I didn't get that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get that growing up. I didn't get that from the church. There was always a fear. It was fear based. Yeah. And I don't think my dad tried to do that as much, but it's what it's what we were taught. It, yeah. it just seemed like it just seemed like that was like you should fear God. And most of the time when he shows up, he's like, Hey, don't be afraid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know That's that. His first words. Yeah. yeah. His first words are like, Don't be afraid, because he knows how how scary he is he terrifying. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I love you. I'm all about you. You don't need to be afraid. And I think about that yeah. for my children. That's what I want for them. Uh, I say, I've said this in the past, uh, and I stole it from Jordan Peterson. But he said, like talking about being a warrior in the garden. He said, mm. you should be a monster. You should be a savage, just scary monster animal. And then you should learn how to control that and be so disciplined. And I take it one step further yeah. and say, so disciplined that my children will never know that side of me unless someone outside of our house provokes that to where I need to protect them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's that view. You, I can't go to church and feel that. I, I get yeah. that with my children. I get that out in nature. There's a lot yeah. of awe that comes from just being out in nature, watching full moons and listening to crickets. <laughs> yeah. Love that. What are some... Uh resources you would point dads to who are like i want to read a book about some of this stuff or i want to grow more and yeah my fatherhood yeah. yeah absolutely so um dr shafali 
she she's written several books um she also did if you can't if you don't take the time to read excuse me she did an interview uh actually she did a mind valley interview um with uh i, f- I forget vishnu i think it is is his name but um okay. she did a mind valley uh interview uh she also did an interview with tom bilyeu on impact theory uh, okay she uh, again coming from a mom standpoint but also a psychologist standpoint so doctor uh gabber mate that dude is he's on another level man like i just listened to an interview with him and tom billy while i was driving home from a, a sale and i could i mean you got to break it down because he's so good but he takes everything back to childhood trauma and how to treat your children I mean, it's so good that's one i highly recommend um so anything what's his name how do you spell that g-a-b-o-r and then mate is m-a-t-e with the like accent over it yeah but okay. yeah, he, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was born either in a concentration camp in, uh, in Germany or he was, uh, or he was born right before. And hmm. then they were taken, I want to say his parents died in Auschwitz, but he, like he talks about that stuff all the way down to anxiety and a pregnant woman will be transferred to the baby, hmm. yeah, that kind of stuff. Like there'll be an anxious child, that kind of thing. Um, Interesting. He's so good. So anything from him, um, Mr. Chaz, on okay. on Instagram, he's so good. I love his stuff. Like he's so much fun. He's really good about how he does it, and he's more Montessori. Um, okay. So he's good. Uh, let's see. Those are some of my favorites. Really, those cool. are some of my favorites. This was stuff where I I kind of decided to change my how I parented. And then all yeah. these all these things started coming to me in that sense. I never yeah. went looking for Put all them. the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's uh what's on your nightstand? What are you reading right now? Do you read at night? Uh, yeah. Uh so yeah. I'm reading I I I'm reading uh Talk to Her. And uh actually we're doing uh we're doing like a, a live on September 9th on therapy for dads. It's therapy for dads, but we'll do a live on his um on, on his uh Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, on that nice. particular book. Um and a blanket. What's it called? Uh, talk to her. It's about being her. a father to daughters. Cool. Um, the whole brain child. That's another one, and I'm totally blanking on who that guy is. I feel bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's another. That's another. There's those two authors are really good. Nice. Um, I'll put links to that. Yeah, and then uh, on the other side of things for guys, specifically for guys, when it comes to like working out stuff like that, um, you know, discipline. Discipline equals freedom by Jocko Wilnick. Uh, yeah, those are things where that stuff there is is huge for I think huge for dads makes you a better human, better man. But then you get the the benefits of being a better husband and father for it too. Cool, I love it. Awesome. How can people connect with you? Yeah, just Instagram. Is that your spot? So Instagram, uh, I have been. It's funny because I feel like I've done a bunch of stuff where I've started and been like, mm, hold off on that. I want to try something else first. And so, yeah. um, I I do have. I don't have it up yet, but I have a, the website is uh, dadsdon'tbabysit.tv. Um, it's not a lot. There's nothing there right now. I've actually been working on a couple like PDFs to just give away. That they'll be there yeah. soon. Um, and then Instagram is really where you find me. I mean. Cool. I check all my messages. So if it comes through, great. If it doesn't, I'll find you in the hidden messages. Um, <laughs> unless, and I don't say this because I'm a sales guy, but like, unless you try to sell me something, then I probably will just yeah. delete that. But uh, yeah, anybody who reaches out, I've, I've had a really fun time. Um, I did the post about holding their face and telling them how much yeah. I'm 
And that has been, I've had tons of people reach out about how they've done that. And yeah. just, I've, I've like cried about some of the stuff I've read. Um, I've had somebody that was like, I wish my dad would do this, or I wish my dad would have done this. I had one girl who basically said, I listened to you say it and imagined my dad. And I was like, oh my God, like, I can cry. <laughs> like, like, what's happening? Telling my wife that stuff. Um, but that one, I found a lot of hidden messages because people just send them to you. So yeah. I'll, I'll find you if you message me there. It just may take a minute. Awesome. Cool. I love it. Well, thanks for hopping on today. Yeah, man. Great talking. Yeah.